Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on SiriusXM, Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. We have a whole lot to unpack on this show. Of course, the Los Angeles Lakers and their woes continue. The fans get involved. We'll get into that and Russell Westbrook's comments regarding the fans. Also get into the Clippers. Some other NBA talk and Kyler Murray. Does he still want to play football or does he want to go to the diamond and showcase his skills there? And what's going on with Major League Baseball? We'll get into that and so much more coming up here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. And what I need you to do is follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Also, check out nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, entertainment, community, and tech all in the one. And also, check me out. Brand new content this week dropping from the NAACP 53rd Annual Awards as well as the SAG Awards. Got brand new content. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe at youtube.com slash TV. Also, got to welcome my man, the producer extraordinaire to the stars. Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, his government name, to the show. And uh, man, had an interesting weekend, bro. Had a lot going you, on. As you were you... active this weekend, bro. <laughs> man, I, I was active out here in these media streets. Yes, you were, yeah, man. Dude. I'm like, damn, he's here. Uh, and, and got to see my favorite group perform. I was a little like, damn. Like, I don't hate on nobody. S double double V V to the V. Man, I love SWV. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to see him live, bucket list thing. And I see you out there parlaying at, at, at the concert, the after party. And I'm like, hey, man, damn. Funny story about that right fast, right? Yeah. So as some of you guys have followed me on this show, if you follow my Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, I had reached out to cover the NAACP Image Awards, something that I covered last year, obviously, virtually because of COVID. Right. The 51st annual, excuse me, the 50, yeah, 51st annual, I got denied for credentials. So I still did a piece on it. Just to say, okay, let me start building up credibility, right? Because in this media space, a lot of times, that's what you have to do for right. them to get familiar with your work and what you're doing and making sure that you are legit as you are, right? So as I mentioned on the video, there were about five or six other Black-owned media outlets that got denied, including myself. So I said, okay, you can't use COVID protocols in the state of California as an excuse because when Governor Gavin Newsom rescinded the mask mandate and some of those protocols that went along with that, I'm like, wait a minute, come on. Some Something's not adding up. Right. So long and short, uh, shout out to uh, a, a great uh, lady from the PR office uh, that was in charge of handling the media um, all week for the NAACP Image Awards. And she was gracious enough to reach out to me and explain some things to me. Um, and I still wasn't 100% satisfied, but I, I got a greater understanding of what the decision-making process was. All in all, she was able to get myself and um, another member of our uh, media company, which is Jackie Wright. She got us both into the red carpet. Uh, so that's where we're able to get a lot of the interviews that you guys are going to see on youtube.com slash TV later on this week. And so it was funny because we jumped up. And so when I walk up, right, the people from the PR, so a couple of people from the PR, oh, yeah, I know who you are. I saw your name come across my desk. And I was like, I bet you have. I bet you have. Because <laughs> I use my voice for what I need to use it for, right? Yeah, and it right. wasn't just about me. Right. It was also fighting for the other outlets and continue to fight for those outlets to get opportunities to get exposure. Right. And I think one of the other outlets that I mentioned when I called, I made a couple of the phone calls, actually got in. Um, and I'm not taking credit for that at all. I'm just speaking facts. Right. right. So don't get your your draws in a bunch. <laughs> so we got on the carpet. 
it was cool, man. We, we talked to a lot of different people, a lot of influencers, yeah, you did. Uh, people that won awards. Uh, Cree Summer, some of y'all that oh, know her from the Rugrats, damn. does a voiceover for the Rugrats for Tiny Toon Adventures. Mm. Uh, she was also in the most one of the most iconic uh, culture-led shows in a different world. Uh, spoke with Erica Alexander from Living Single. She also played the mom in Wu-Tang and American Saga. She played Rizzo's mom in that, in that show. And then uh, there's a, a show called Run the World that's on Stars. Um, who else did we run into? Ran into, oh, Daniel Cunier, yeah. uh, who played in the Fred Hampton movie um, and also played in Get Out. Really good, really good dude. Um, my man Isaac, who plays in uh, Power Series 4, Force, with uh, 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 the dude that plays Tommy. So I got a chance to rap with him, and that was cool. And then, of course, Jamel Hill. Yeah, I uh, saw that too. <laughs> you know, formerly of, of of ESPN, and now she's got her and Carrie Champion have a great show coming on CNN sometime in the spring or summertime. Um, but it was just cool, man. So anyway, we we finished up, we packed up, then we to go check out the war show a little bit. Came back, um, and then. I don't know if I was supposed to be at the SWB <laughs> concert, but you know, brother will find his way into oh, things course. that not necessarily may not be suitable for the the amateur viewers or the amateur listeners. So right. I just kept walking. Next thing I know, I saw him rehearsal for sound check, and I was like, "Oh, you just gotta act like you've been there before, man." And people just hello. Oh, he knows where he's going. Okay, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I ain't gonna ask him for anything. And then Sunday was SAG Awards, so we had a person out there on the carpet for the SAG Awards, took some photos, got a chance to get some real good footage. And uh, SAG Awards, were, that was, it was a great, it was a great show. It was yeah. really a great show. Yeah, it looked uh, like the it, The LACP man. Awards yeah. were, was a great show as well. So it was very busy, man. And then now we back to reality. So that was my weekend in a nutshell, man. It was pretty cool. It was fun. But I tell you what, even though I had a productive and good weekend, I tell you one team who did not have a productive <laughs> and good weekend, and that uh, that team is named the Los Angeles Lakers, Woo! one of the most historic, iconic franchises in sports, not just in the NBA. And on Sunday night, after coming up after suffering a, a, a late second loss against the Los Angeles Clippers, the Lakers got ran out of the building. Oh by the New Orleans Pelicans and Brandon Ingram. There were six New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday night that, that scored in double figures. Now, LeBron James had a good game despite having seven turnovers. He actually had a good game. He was the only one that had a good game. Uh, the Lakers, as a whole, committed 23 turnovers. That's right. Michael Jordan number t- turnovers. <laughs> All right? The game was so bad. Not only did Jeannie Buss leave early. Oh, and everybody documented that, by the way. The fans started booing, <laughs> and the fans booed when they were down by, at one point, they were down by 30. Then it got so bad where the fans started heckling LeBron James, Trevor Reza, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> now, the only thing I will say is that the, the fans, the two fans that heckled LeBron, and LeBron clapped back because LeBron's clap back is pretty good. His clap back game is pretty good. As we witnessed when he talked about Bill Orm from the Athletic <laughs> uh, a few several nights ago. Okay, so LeBron's clap back game is pretty is pretty solid. The only thing I will say is that those two fans did not need to be barking at LeBron James. It wasn't on the court. It wasn't LeBron's fault. LeBron played his behind off. Like I said, even though he has seven turnovers, he played his behind off. Still did well. So. He wasn't. He wasn't the. He wasn't the reason why they were losing. Like he wasn't. You know, six for fifty-five. You know, shooting. I mean, he that that that's usually Russell Westbrook. No, oh, leave okay. that man alone, man. Come on. So here's the thing. Now fans talked. Now I don't know. If, I don't think I didn't hear anything that that they use profanity against Trevor Ariza no. or Russell Westbrook. The problem I have with Trevor Ariza is the fact of this. First of all. Trevor, you're going to have to sit there and take it because you sucked, okay? Trevor Reza sucked. He's old. He's showing his age. I'm not saying the man can't ball. I'm not saying the man can't take me to school on a one-on-one court at 24-hour fitness. I'm not saying that at all. 
But I'm saying against NBA competition. I am not NBA competition. Nowhere near it. I'm not even G-H-I-J-K league competition. All right? Now, we can get on the sticks, and that's a different story. But against NBA competition, you got fans that pay their hard-earned money to watch this team perform night in and night out, and you go out there and stink up the joint. What do you expect fans to do? What do you expect fans to say to you? And you got to sit there and take it. You can't call somebody the B-word and get mad. That's the second most offensive term other than inviting someone to your gym to tell you. Mm-hmm. That, those are fighting words. Because if they were, if, if they, I guarantee you, those fans did not look like you and I. Right. Or didn't come from the same backgrounds that you and I or Trevor Reza came from. Because you call that person the B-word like that, you're going to have to get the red coats and get security. Because I know some cats that ain't standing for that. No. I don't care what you what you going through. And then Russell Westbrook calls, tell somebody to get the, get their asses on and, and call them, uh, 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 I believe called them a, a, a name for a, a female gender to tell you. Yeah. Those are fighting words. And so my thing is you can't get mad at the fans for booing or saying what they're going to say as long as they didn't call you a racist term or called you a homophobic slur or anything of that, which I did not hear. Again, I wasn't at the game. I'm just going off the audio that was that I saw that I that I listened to and I witnessed. As long as they didn't say nothing like that or anything, you know, anti-Semitic or anything, you know, vulgar in that way, they have every right to say whatever the hell they want to say. Absolutely. And I, I saw some fans on Twitter talking about, oh man, they shouldn't be born. Why the hell not? This this team stinks. This team is horrible, and there's no excuse for the way they've been performing even before the All-Star break and after the All-Star break. This team is trash. Absolute hot, stinking garbage. And you're going to sit up here and tell me that they don't have a right to boo? What the hell world are you living in? What kind of... The Laker myopics... I had the same conversation with Dodger myopics. Oh, yeah. when, when the Dodgers were playing like trash at one point, they were going through a skid. And I think there was a couple players that were playing that were horrible, and they were booing the players. Oh, you shouldn't boo the players. Why the hell not? You mean to tell me I don't have a right to boo? Now, I don't have a right to call them out of their name. I don't have the right to, to use any kind of racist rhetoric or anything like that. You're absolutely right. But to boo or tell somebody you're garbage or you're playing like trash? Are you kidding me? What's a, when did the society get so damn sensitive and soft where you can't even accept criticism from people from paying customers? Because these people are paying customers. Again, I am all for fans booing teams that play like crap. And you got Russell Westbrook, who I want people to listen to this. I want you fans out there, not just Laker fans and some of you myopics. I want NBA fans to listen to this. And I'm going to tell you why this guy will never fit on this team. Go ahead and roll the audio, Jake. You take it home with you? Oh, take it home? For what? I don't think about it. Shit, take it home? Man, well, I got a pretty beautiful kids at my house. My wife ain't take it home. They take their boo and they can take their ass home. <laughs> I ain't worried about that. Doesn't bother me none. And that's the part, and I'm not really worried about it um, at all. And that's how I deal with it. So I'm not, you know, I can it, it roll off my shoulder and I go home. But. As for our team, I think it's something that you got to deal with and kind of move forward. So, see, this is the difference between that. That that sounds like somebody who's never won anything before. <laughs> you ever have that friend that never got that job promotion, never excelled at that career, or never excelled at that job that job place, but you have like you got awards or you've gotten recognition for your your service to that company or you've gotten a career boost or maybe you made that career jump and you've accomplished some great things in that career, but they haven't. So you will get upset at certain things, but they won't. You know why that is, ladies and gentlemen? It's because they've never achieved the type of success that is been that you've earned that's on a whole different plateau that they'll never even sniff the aroma of because they've never gotten there. You would never... And I and I hate to use this analogy because I know it's a lot, it's played out, but it's so apropos to what I'm about to tell you all. 
you would never hear Kobe Bryant, the late great Kobe Bryant, say something like that. You would never hear the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan, say anything like that. You would even hear Magic Johnson talking like that. Allen Iverson would not talk like that. Even Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq would never say anything like that about the fans booing. He'd be more concerned about the fans booing and about his game and his team's game or lack of performance. This dude is like, man, I'll take that stuff home. It's whatever. Like it's water off a duck's back. Like, well, no big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, they do not work a nine to five job. This is a career. This is their livelihood. This is why we, we put them on certain levels because of their talent. They take this stuff home with them. Don't believe the hype. They lead, they read the articles. They listen to the reports. They watch television like you and I do. Trust me, they take this stuff home with them. Now, some take it home worse than others. But in the case of, of, of Westbrook, and, you and, and, and you know, God bless him and his family. I'm not taking anything away from that. Thank God he has a good family to go home to. But we're talking about what your lack of performance on the court and what you have not, to, you not performed to, the level that we've expected you to do. And Malik Monk, let me get on Malik Monk for a minute. Malik Monk got the Krispy Kreme Award on Sunday. The man played 24 minutes and got the Krispy Kreme Donut Award. Now, in the last 10 games, he's averaged about 15 points per game. Where the hell was Malik Monk? Hmm? Where the hell was everybody else? And you can't just solely blame this on Anthony Davis. You know who I blame for this? This lies on the shoulders of LeBron James and Clutch Sports because they created this mess. And now they can't clean it up. They don't have enough bounty to soak up the mess that they've been they've created. Not enough paper towels. And it's only going to get worse. And that's why they're stuck with Russell Westbrook. They're stuck with Anthony Davis because nobody in their right mind is going to take that huge contract that Anthony Davis has as injury prone as he is. And I think Anthony, Anthony Davis is a good player, but he's way too injury prone. And that big time contract, no team is going to take that contract right now. So the Lakers are in serious trouble. They got about 21, 22 games left. And there's no way I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't see and if they do make the play in tournament, I don't see them winning at all. All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into some Major League Baseball talk. What is going on? Will we have a season on time? And if not, what are going to be the consequences of that and the repercussions of that? And your man Derek Jeter has stepped down from, uh, from the fish. What's going to take place moving forward? We'll get into that and more with my special guest coming up. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. 
But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're gonna be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you give me that puppy look. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little bit. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. You can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What are you telling? You tell them, you know? You know, that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, como terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 and on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Now, we all know there's a lot going on in the baseball world. Will we have a full season? Will we not? To help me break all this down and what exactly is going on with Major League Baseball versus the MLBPA and what are some of the fine print that is holding up the negotiations. Also, we'll get into some Derek Jeter talk as well. I have to bring on my friend, my colleague from NBC LA who covers the Dodgers and does a great job not only covering the Dodgers, but covering Major League Baseball as well. He's the one and only Michael Duarte. What's going on, man? How you doing? Nick, my friend, I'm good. I have recovered from our <laughs> insanely fun Super Bowl two weeks that we we participated yeah. in together, and uh, I'm ready for baseball season to start. But it doesn't look like it's going to start, Nick. What's going on, man? I'm here to I'm here to break it down and, and lend my services and my knowledge. Well, exactly. And before we get into that, I have to I have to ask you about this. Obviously, the icon known as Derek Jeter uh, has stepped down on Monday as a Marlins CEO according to Jeff Passan of ESPN. Um, also, the reports were that the Marlins and Derek Jeter uh, mutually agreed to part ways. And something that I noticed what Jeter said, and it really stood out to me, uh, he said, the quote, the vision for the future of this franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as a new season begins. When you hear those type of comments and you hear about Derek Jeter, we all know how instrumental he was when it comes to the Miami Marlins. What goes through your mind and, and what's next? What do, you feel is, what, what do you feel is next for Derek Jeter? Yeah, Nick, you're like a carpenter building a house. You hit the nail right on the head. Uh, that was the exact line that I pulled out of Derek Jeter's press release as well. You're talking about a guy who isn't just like a general manager or a president or a hired gun. 
You're talking about a guy who created a team and founded a team to purchase the Marlins uh, from Jeffrey Loria at the time, who people in Miami hated for the way he ran the team, even though he brought them two World Series titles uh, in his time as owner. But the way the team, the direction the team was headed under Jeffrey Loria prior to uh, Derek Jeter and his ownership group taking over and letting Derek Jeter uh, serve as the role of CEO and essentially just absolutely tear down the studs of the Marlins and then build them back up, changing the culture, uh, changing the player personnel, changing the way the team would be run. And, and you know, what's, what, what I noticed about that press release was that Derek Jeter didn't even mention the fact that maybe it was because it was a 2020 60 game shortened season with different playoff rules with a universal DH. But the Marlins not only made the playoffs in 2020, they swept the Cubs uh, and advanced to the next round of the playoffs, the divisional round, uh, and were close to building off of that this year even, except for some injuries to their pitching staff derailed them a little bit. But you absolutely targeted in on that exact quote, which was the direction of the franchise is the vision of the franchise in the future is not the same as we originally had. So that's why he's leaving. And you are segueing this Jeter, this Derek Jeter leaving the Marlins, the captain uh, leaving again, perfectly with what's going on with the negotiations for the new collective bargaining agreement between the Players Association and between the league, which is the, the, the essentially 30 owners represent the league uh, and Rob Manfred is their puppet. And so you, you nailed that perfectly. And, and that's the other thing, right? Why would Derek Jeter announce that he says he's doing this before the season is supposed to start? He doesn't know what's going on with the negotiations. Most people believe that there will not be a deal struck on Monday, and therefore uh, the regular season opening day will be canceled. And then as this goes on and on and on, more games will be missed. So something is telling me that uh, he was not in line. Derek Jeter, obviously being a former player, Nick, probably sides more with what's going on with the Players Association than he does with the owners here. And I don't know any way you slice it and we can get into it. In my opinion, the owners here are wrong. Uh, I don't want to make this a, a fight between millionaires and billionaires, but you know, the owners have been reaping the benefits off the, the labor of the players for a really long time. Obviously the players get a lot out of it as well, but they were on the short end of the stick for decades. They want to change that moving forward. They want to have the foresight to look 10 years into the future and say, if this happens, we're protected and we're in good position and not sign a deal in the immediate now that, that suits them now, knowing that 10 years from now, the owners could be taking advantage of them. Uh, something tells me that Derek Jeter was on that side. He was not on the side of the, the ownership side, even though he's considered an owner. He didn't like what was going on. He didn't like the direction that the Marlins were heading and what they were probably telling Rob Manfred to go fight for them for, being a small market team there in Miami. That honestly, let's be honest, Nick, they don't get great attendance numbers there in Miami for the Marlins games. So I think that's what this was about. I think it all ties into what's going on with the CBA agreement between the Players Association and the owners. And it's interesting that you mentioned about the CBA because you, I don't believe, and I told you this even off air uh, last week, I don't believe that we're going to have a full season. I'm just not that optimistic like many people, uh, including yourself, uh, were you know, engaged as far as having a, a full 162-game season to start on time. Uh, because there was so much language uh, that had to be ironed out between the players, between the owners, and then being able to sit down and saying, hey, okay, we're going to agree to this if you give up this. Obviously, it's it's, it's, it's a game of tug, tug of war. But when you look at the season, what are some of the things that really stand out that are preventing opening day to start on time? Yeah, Nick, that, that answer – to give you the answer, if we're looking at who's to blame and what's preventing the, the regular season and opening day from beginning on March 31st is as simple as, uh, you know, a billionaire alone in a carnival house of mirrors. You can only see yourself. And so the owners in this position only have their self to blame, in my opinion. Uh, I've, I've spoken to some players. I've spoken to some friends. Uh, who are on the players, not, not, not like Max Scherzer, who's in the negotiations in Jupiter, Florida every day, but I've spoken to players who, you know, know what's going on with the negotiations, know what's at stake, and they're sitting here going, okay, it was your decision as owners to lock us out. Then it was your decision to wait 43 days before coming back to the negotiating table to try to get this done. Then you implement this February 28th deadline on us 
saying, we're going to take your paychecks away. We're going to take your salaries away, essentially trying to force them into a bad deal. So if you want to talk about what's preventing the season from starting on time, look at the 30 owners of Major League Baseball, and they are directing Rob Manfred in these meetings, in these negotiations. They are telling him what they want. They are telling him what they are unwilling to back down on. And we can go into some of those things, what the players are asking for and what the owners refuse to back down on. But that's essentially where we're at. And, and I'll just break down some of these things for you, Nick, because you're asking. Because, again, to me, this is, to me, this is ridiculous, right? You have, you have these owners who are, uh, you know, oil magnets, tycoons. You have these owners who some of them were born into family money, right? Mm -hmm. Never worked a day in their life, and they get to own this baseball team. Some of them are real estate uh, moguls that made their fortunes by buying and selling and flipping houses, sometimes screwing over the little guy in these situations. Uh, you have these, these owners who, uh, you know, build a, built their fortunes up and don't have to worry about blowback from fans. Uh, you know, th they don't have, you know, Twitter mentions or DMs that these people can, you know, slide into and tell them what they think. These owners are simply untouchable. They are not the face of the league. They are never out in front of the public. They are usually behind closed doors. Uh, and it's the players that, you know, get booed when they don't perform well on the field. It's the players that, uh, you know, are cherished and, and heralded as heroes when they do perform well. And when they leave a team and you see burning of jerseys and things like that, it's the players who get that and it's the owners who don't get the brunt of it. And that's the way they, they created it so that Rob Manfred would be their shield taking all of the fire uh, while they stand back and, and you know, I'm going to use the Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales analogy, swim in their, you know, giant mm -hmm. vaults with the gold coins everywhere. So look, Basically, this is what's at stake for your listeners who might not understand it in its basic form, right? The average salary in Major League Baseball over the last four years has gone down. Uh, as, after 2021, it dropped to right about $4 million. Now, we're not talking about guys like Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Bryce Harper. We're not talking about guys that are making $30, $40 million a year, right? These guys are set for life, and we can look at their salaries and say, you know, why are you complaining? You get paid $30, $40 million to play a kid's game, right? Uh, you and I would much rather be a third-string baseball catcher making $4 million a year to not have to do a whole lot than be a baseball reporter like you and I are, to be a baseball fan like the rest of the world out there, to be a statistician, a, a statistician in the press box, to be – you know, an announcer to be working at a stadium making minimum wage. You know what I mean? We would much rather do that. But we're not talking about those guys because those guys I just mentioned who make these record-breaking contracts, they only represent less than 10% of the league. The other 90%, Nick, are making peanuts uh, compared to the rest of these guys. Over 40% of the players, Nick, make minimum which right now is around 550000 a year. Now, yes, over half a million dollars by the average salary in the United States is huge, right? But they're talking about these people who have lowered it, and we're talking about the average salary at $4 million or less. So the question is, is if you look at 90% of the wages are going down, when the revenue in Major League Baseball and the profits are going up, and the evaluations of these baseball teams are going into the billions now, right? That's where this disconnect is. The players are like, mm. no more, no more setting us up to get screwed. Excuse my language, Nick. Uh, 10 years from now, let's say the baseball goes from making 5 billion annually to 10 billion annually, but the players are still getting a smaller piece of the pie. So they're heading to the negotiation table to stop the tactics that the owners have been building for 10 years to, to screw them. And they are trying to stop that, and they are trying to get their wages up and to protect themselves in the future so that they don't end up on the short side of the stick 10 years from now when the next CBA needs to be negotiated, or even five years from now, depending on how long they decide to do this. So the last thing I'll say is some of these bullet points to my points, which is, you know, the reason why some of these wages have decreased is not because of the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Anaheim Angels, teams you and I cover. It's not because of the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox. It's because of the teams like the Marlins where Derek Jeter left today. It's because of teams like uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Cincinnati Reds. It's because of these teams that are small market teams who, in, when they know they can't compete from a World Series, they essentially decide to tank 
So rather than go out and spend money on veteran players who are available to them, they instead just bring up their minor leaguers who are under contract for sometimes seven years, especially, and this is another issue, if they're able to manipulate players' service time by stopping them from reaching free agency sooner to get paid. I'm looking at a guy like Cody Bellinger, Nick, who won't be a free agent until after the 2022 season. The guy has already won a rookie of the year, an MVP, and he's having to go to salary arbitration hearings in order to get paid what he's worth on the market as far as a guy who's accomplished those accolades that he has, right? But because the Dodgers signed him right out of high school, they've been able to keep him under contract for close to 10 years. And by keeping him down sometimes in the minor leagues when arguably he was ready to play in the majors, they've been able to manipulate his service time and they've been able to stop him from reaching free agency sooner. The players want to stop that from happening. They want to shorten that time so that these guys can reach free agency and get paid the big bucks they need to get paid for what they've won. And the next thing about this is the luxury tax, right, Nick? Uh, the CBT is what these players are arguing, and right now it's a complete joke. There's absolutely no minimum. So if you want to be the Miami Marlins and you want to tank and you only want to have a 20 million payroll, even though the luxury tax threshold is like 220 million, and let's say the Dodgers are spending 250 million, they're paying, you know, 10 million in a luxury tax penalty, but the Marlins are only doing a 20 million dollar salary. Where you see the effect on that is veterans who don't want to retire. They want to keep playing. And I'm looking at guys like Andre Ethier and Adrian Gonzalez of the Dodgers, right, Nick? These guys were forced into retirement. They wanted to keep playing baseball. But in a, in a, in a league where it rewards you for tanking, for losing, they're not going to get a contract, even on a losing team, because they don't want to have to pay these people. They want to keep their money down because they're going to lose anyways. And so guys like Adrian Gonzalez, who just announced his retirement last month, and you and I were like, didn't this guy already retire four years ago? Yeah. It's because of guys like that. They didn't – who are veterans in the league who could be making more than the $4 million average are getting nothing because the tanking teams are rewarded for having low payrolls and losing and getting top draft picks that they can then control – for up to 10 years almost by manipulating the service time and, and not allowing them to go to free agency. And and last thing I'll say, and there's more we can get into, but the, the other thing is this isn't about necessarily the players I talked about, like Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole are in the negotiation room. Those guys are two of the highest paid pitchers in the game. I wrote a story years ago about the minor league players in spring training. They don't get paid at all, especially if you're an invitee to spring training. If you're not on that major league roster, that 40 man roster, you don't get paid anything. You, you, and when you do get paid for the season, you get paid less than minimum wage. And if you get cut, especially from these guys that come from Nicaragua, uh, the Dominican Republic, uh, uh, you know, Mexico, talking about these, these right, different countries. countries, port, right. They get taken out as a teenager. They have no idea how to acclimate with American culture. They're getting mm -hmm. paid peanuts. They're not getting a green card or a visa. And if they get cut, what do they have? They have to go back home and, and you know work for a gas station or something like that. This fight right now that the players are putting up with the owners is about those minor league players that don't make even enough to, to afford the cost of living right now. Well, one thing I will say is the fact that – and, and another, another point I saw too that came across the wire that I saw was that the owners also want a 14-team postseason when the players only want a 12-team postseason, which is ironic to me as well. And another thing that, that crossed my mind is the fact you mentioned about the foreign players, the, the kids that are being from the Dominican Republic and so many other countries in Central and in, in Mexico and South America. The fact that also, too, what, are they, what is Major League Baseball willing to invest into the programs in the, in the black communities across the United States? Something that they've gotten away from since pretty much the late 1990s, early 2000s and really started going to these other countries. That to me is also, I'm curious about how much money is going to be pumped into these programs here in the United States. If you're trying to keep baseball alive and you want people to be more intrigued with baseball, then I think the monies need to go into the, the youth programs here in the United States and in several, in several cities, you know, in several communities across the nation. And the one thing, the last thing what I will ask you is this, because we've got about 60 seconds. When do you think baseball will start this season? And how many games do you think will be able to be played this season with these with this current CBA negotiations going on. Yeah, great question Nick and and you you 
bring up a great point with with the youth leagues and the urban cities here across the globe. Honestly, the foundations, the charitable foundations that's been started by these teams has done more for that black youth movement in baseball than Major League Baseball has done, frankly. And I don't even think, unfortunately, that will be negotiated in the CBA. As we're talking about, the players feel disrespected when the league hands a WWE championship belt to the team that is able to manipulate the salary arbitration uh, and salaries the best. That is a disrespectful sign to the players. When the commissioner does not punish the Houston Astros for cheating and winning a World Series, the players that is, and punishes the general manager and the manager instead, who are now both back in the league, and calls the World Series commissioner's trophy a hunk of metal or a piece of metal, that is disrespectful for the players and what they suit up for every day and what they play for. Uh, looking at what they did with the sticky stuff situation, telling the players and the pitchers that they're going to research and study this to be able to decide what they want to do in the future. And then in the middle of the season, starting to test and punish people and suspend people for it when you've been letting them go carte blanche for a decade. That is part of what the players are fighting for, to not give them this much power, to be able to take some of this back. And like I said, to be able to have a bigger piece of the pie. Because of that, I don't think the players want to back down because they know it's at stake over the next decade. And the owners don't want to pay. They're being very cheap and frugal, in my opinion. But to that point, once salaries are not being paid, once owners are not making money, once it's now officially hurting their pocketbooks, similar to what we see with this Ukraine-Russian crisis and the rest of the world doing sanctions to try to hurt Russia by hurting them in their pocketbook, not for what they're doing to their neighboring country, that is when I think things are going to start to get desperate. I'm still going to stick with my original opinion, and that is middle to end of March, a deal will finally be struck. I think, unfortunately, the players are going to have to bow and, and get bent over a little bit uh, in order to start playing baseball again. So I think they're going to lose out on some of these demands. And now what you talked about, and I know we don't have much time, but the 14-team playoff that the owners want, it's going to bring about $100 million that the players will share in the revenue on from those extra playoff games. The players are willing to concede it. Yes, a lot of them don't want it because they think it's going to desaturate or going to saturate the playoffs. It's not going to be the best teams. You're going to have a team who is maybe below 500 who gets hot and could go all the way to the World Series, which they don't want to see. But if they can make more money, they'll do it. So they're willing to concede on facts like that. They're willing to concede on the universal DH if they can do things to lower when, when players can reach free agency, lower when players can reach salary arbitration, raise the minimum wage, force a minimum CBT so that players, similar to the NBA, those tanking teams actually have to pay and get veteran players and sign them to reach the minimum amount uh, for their roster salary in order to just continue to play that season. These are the things the players are fighting for. I think it's going to take till the middle of end of March. Based on that, I think we're losing almost a month of the season. You could say a month of the season is like 20, 25 games. So instead of 162, we might have a 100-game season. We might have a 120-game season. That's what I think is going to happen. Hey, well said. Hope we'll be, We will be continuing to follow these negotiations and see when baseball will actually happen because I understand about spring training. I know the players say about it takes them about three weeks, but also, too, I think they need a full spring training to prevent possible serious injury as they get into the season. Uh, pitchers and catchers need to have time to warm up and get prepared like they always have. And I think if you bother that, that's going to have a significant impact on the season dealing with major injuries and injuries to key players uh, as they move down the, the, the stretch of the season. Michael Duarte from NBCLA, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your insight and we'll definitely look forward to talking with you soon. Correct, Nick. And the last thing I'll say, when I saw Cody Bellinger, who I mentioned earlier on your show uh, at, a, at a Super Bowl party last week, I said, when are you going to start playing baseball? <laughs> Tell me the date. He rolled his eyes at me and said, no comment. And I think that about sums up uh, where we're at right now with these negotiations and the situation and when we'll see baseball start to get played on the field again. Well said. All right, y'all. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into the Los Angeles Clippers and some other NBA talk and what happened at the SAG Awards? Is this Will Smith's year to get it done? All that and more as you listen to the TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze.
clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad though. idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing, you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. All right, y'all, final segment of the show. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213 and on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Hopefully, we will have a baseball season at some point. I'm not as confident as everybody else seems to be. I don't know, but I ain't as confident. I tell you that because it's a lot of little fine print that folks are arguing over and could delay the season somewhat. I'm saying maybe 125 games, but we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully we get a full season, including the All-Star game, which will be here in Los Angeles this year at Dodger Stadium. So we'll see what happens. Now, if you listen to me in the first segment, we talked about we had some NBA talk more primarily about the Lakers. And the other team in L.A. that's actually putting up a fight it are the Los Angeles Clippers. Los Angeles Clippers, since the All-Star break, have won two straight. They've won against the Lakers and obviously beating the Houston Rockets in Houston um, on a last-second shot. And let me tell you something. Reggie Jackson has been the anchor to that team, along with Luke Kennard and several other guys on that Clippers roster. And the one thing I can say about the Clippers and Ty Lue, and I got to give Ty Lue a bit of credit. These guys fight for Ty Lue. These guys have, have bought into his system. 
unequivocally. And the thing about it is, this is something that Laker fans want from their team. They want you to fight. They want you to battle. Even if you lose last second game off a shot, fine. Just fight and battle. The Clippers have more excuses than the, than the Lakers do because the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard, they're without Paul George, and recent acquisition Norman Powell. So they're without three of their main guys, right? And this team still battles. It still comes prepared to fight every night because they know their backs are against the wall. And they are in a comfortable position in that playing tournament standings right now between 7 and 10. And let me tell you something. With 20 games left, approximately, the Clippers are in a decent position to actually get out of the play-in tournament bubble and actually move in to a pretty significant spot. If, if they can make that sixth seed somehow, some way, which I don't know if that's even obtainable, but if they're able to even make the seventh spot, guess what? That's going to be a dangerous team, especially if they're able to get either Norman Powell back or Paul George back. Don't know what's up with Kawhi. But if they make the playoffs and they get Kawhi Leonard back for somehow some strange reason, and they get Paul George back, and he's playing, you know, playing playing healthy, playing well, and Norman Powell comes back, even off the bench. That is a team that's going to be very scary in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make the Western Conference Finals again. I'm not saying they're going to make the NBA Finals, because I think there are two other teams that are much better than them in the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. And even without Chris Paul, they still have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and they have a host of characters that can continue to keep the ball rolling. And we don't know when Chris Paul could come back. Chris Paul, Chris, Chris, yeah, excuse me, Chris Paul could come back at any moment. We don't know. Stranger things have happened. However, this Los Angeles Clippers team needs to be put on notice. They are a team to watch out for. And this is a Clippers team. I'm not a Clippers apologist. I'm not a Clipper fan. I'm just giving you the truth. Watch out. They can find a way to get it together and find a way to get Paul George back. Watch out. And if Kawhi comes back by, by sheer miracle, scary times are ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Six and seven game series are in their, in their, in their window. Rest assured. All right, y'all. Having said all of that, I worked up quite an appetite. My man, Big Brother Jake, is back in the fold. What's yes, going sir. on, man? I know. I'm sure you enjoyed that little clipper uh, inside that I got. Yes, it was very, very well done. <laughs> no need for me. I work for the team and all. No need for me to say anything. You did all the dirty work. So, <laughs> ah. but yeah, they're a team to be reckoned with, man. I'm telling you. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, they're they're a scrappy bunch, but I know you're hungry. I ain't going to keep you waiting, so let's eat. Let's get to the daily brunch. All right. Uh, Not my favorite actor, but everyone else's. Will Smith won the SAG Award for Outstanding Performance. There's a story behind that. (laughs) Won the SAG Award for Outstanding Performance by a male actor for King Richard. Is this his year to win the Oscar? You know what? I think it is. And the reason why I say that, it's it's a different vibe than when he portrayed Ali. And, he, mm-hmm. and everybody said he should have been up for an Oscar for the portrayal of I agree of with Ali. that, even though I don't like him. But yeah. Um, yeah, remind me to hit the hate button. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. I think Will has developed himself even more so. And I think he learned from that experience by p- portraying Ali and what it takes mm-hmm. to get to that point. And also the movie itself. People can say what they want. And I know I, Muhammad Ali is revered by those of us that are on this on this show um, and even people that may be listening. Mm-hmm. But there are still a lot of people that did not like Muhammad Ali and what he stood for, even when he could no longer speak uh, because of the Parkinson's disease that, uh, that, took, that took his body. They still didn't like Ali. Mm-hmm. They tolerated him, but they didn't respect him or like him. And even in his death, there's some people that stood on like Ali. And I think that movie and those who were on the voting committees 
some of those people may have taken that into consideration why Will didn't get it. For King Richard, people like Venus and Serena. Mm -hmm. And they saw how he developed Venus and Serena. And I'm glad that they showed that. And I think this is a little bit different type of film that people can enjoy because no matter what walk of life you come from, this was a human interest story. Even though this is a black father taking care of his black kids, right? You know, his daughters and looking out for his daughters. This is a this is a human interest story because everybody should want the best for their children, and that's what I think it displayed more than anything else. And I think it could it could speak to volumes of different people. And this is why I think um, this is this is Will's time, and I think Will should win the Oscar. Um, and I think he can win the Oscar. And I, I think you're right. And add one more element, all the stuff that happened with him and his wife. People like that kind of stuff. People like to see people bounce back from adversity in life to give a life-winning performance in the movie. So I think he has it locked up. So good for Will. All right. So next item on the menu, something that yeah, LeBron James. Uh, in 2023, the LeBron James Museum is scheduled to open in Akron, Ohio. It will open in House 330 in collaboration with trading card and collectible mem memorabilia giant Upper Deck. Is it too soon for him to have a museum, and will you go visit the museum? You know what? I don't know if it's too soon for him to have a museum. I think I think I hope the museum displays a lot of his memorabilia that we haven't seen or things that we haven't seen or too much known about him getting into the being thrusted into the limelight. Obviously, they're going to showcase his, his three ring or four rings, I should say. Obviously, you know, um, being a part of the, the Heatles, which were an iconic basketball team at that time. Yes. Um, I don't think it's too soon. Um I kind of enjoy the fact they actually give LeBron a uh, a museum, and it's also going to help the people in Akron too. It's going to create opportunities for them as well, um, for what I read. So I think it's pretty cool. Will I go visit it? No time soon. Um, just not a fan of cl going to Cleveland unless it's like summertime <laughs> or something. Summer, there's nothing, there's nothing the hell to do. I mean, no. besides the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what the hell is really that? Really, that, that's all there is to do. I mean, you can catch a Guardians game since that's the new team. Uh, name, but no, there's nothing in Cleveland that yeah, I desire. Yeah, the Yankees are playing them. <laughs> yeah. Even then, that's not enough for me to go to Cleveland. I've been to Cleveland three times, and three times I wish I never went. Uh, no disrespect to our listeners in Cleveland, but I think it's cool for him to have a museum. I think he's earned it because he's trailblazed a lot of things, and he's a good guy as far as, you know, philanthropy and, and, and whatnot, but I'm not making any special trip to go out to Akron, Ohio number one, and Akron, Ohio, to see his museum, number two. So, But good for him. Nah. Congrats to LeBron, man. He deserves it. No doubt. Yeah, Definitely he deserves it. All right. Well, hey, man. That was great, <laughs> man. Appreciate it, man. That was the... That was the well, it's two people that, that I'm not fond of, bro. I'm just, you know, but... Why, why, dude? Why do you hate so much? Why well, do you hate Well, LeBron is so just much? a crybaby on the court. That's, you know, he's corny to me. That's why I don't like wow. him. I, I love what he does wow. for his community, for the kids, sending people to college. That's a beautiful thing. But he's just, he rubbed me the wrong way when he came to L.A. and was like, yeah, man, we should have a pizza party because he owns a Blaze Pizzeria. And guess what? Doesn't show up, a line around the corner. That was the red flag right there. And as far as Will Smith, we don't have enough time. I will tell that story, though. But let's just say he dissed me twice. In front of people. Nice. So, okay. So All there's right. a little well, bit of hateration. Holleration. I haven't had the interaction with Will yet, yeah. so well, I got to keep my I keep it open. But I, he I owes will me keep two my apologies. Eyes open. He owes me two apologies. I'll speak. Well, I keep my time. eyes open. All right. <laughs> I keep my eyes open because I mean, if he did that to you, then I'm I'm kind of you know I'm well, kind of I'll, I'll be on I'll be on guard. Let's put it that way. It was his younger days, so maybe that's what it was. You know, some girls around, yeah. but nonetheless, man, I, I don't disrespect me. I feel you. Hey, <laughs> disrespect would not be tolerated. I totally get that. Truth spoken. You damn right. Truth spoken. That is the brunch, brother. I hope you. Uh, well, you're welcome. Thank you. That was a lot to consume. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hateration, holleration, all in the dancery. All in the dancery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, you know what, man? Real quick before we get out of here, man, I want to say this much. It's interesting how things evolve. 
and how people evolve. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, I don't know about you, but I know me, I've gotten several more requests for things, right? So like if you're (laughs) like versus when I started out 11 and a half years ago, right? Uh Nobody, uh, not too many people dealt with me, right? They were kind of skeptical. And even years into it, they were skeptical. Of course. And then they start seeing your, 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 you make your pilgrimage from basement level to almost near the penthouse suite. Yep. And all of a sudden they want to start asking you for favors. All the time. <laughs> and they want to start asking you, hey man, can you give me this? Mm-hmm. I had the most, I had the most ironic request. What's that? Hey, you talk to such and such. And it was a young lady yeah. that I had met. And we were cool, like nothing, like no, right, nothing, right, nothing right. romantic, yeah. anything. Just, just real super cool. She's, she's a, she's a movie star, and I've seen her several times because I've covered events and I've seen her there. And we, you know, just hey, what's going on? How you doing? Good to see you. And I took a picture with her a while ago, long, long while ago. Mm-hmm. And I guess you know people resurface stuff, but they send to find your stuff on Instagram. Like I've had people like stuff from like five, six years. Yeah, ago. that's weird. I don't when know that how you found yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey man, you think you could give me an autograph? And, uh, 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 you think you could, dude? I don't even have her personal phone yeah, number. What I the love hell it. make yeah. you think I'm gonna? Like, what the hell is wrong with people, dude? If you wanted that so bad, go find out where she is. Go work for TMZ or some other outlet <laughs> like that, and go find out where she is, and then go do it your damn self. Yeah. Don't ask me right. because you didn't give a damn about me when I first started. You didn't give a damn about me. When I was five years in, <laughs> now all of a sudden you go surface a picture, and I say that to say, treat people like human beings. Treat people. Don't start calling people up or start wanting to be around people for what they can provide you or what they what you think they possess. Be around people because they cool people and y'all vibe and you guys click. Right. Because we can all see through the BS. I can smell it a mile away. Mm-hmm. Okay, my BS sensors go off. Much like much how some people's breath gets there five minutes before they do, <laughs> I can smell the BS before it gets to me. And they both smell the same. <laughs> worse. Sometimes worse. Okay. So word to the wise. Treat people how you want to be treated. Don't ask. Just like I doing Super Bowl week. It was people I hadn't talked to in a year. Oh, man. And I know they were in charge of certain events. I wasn't gonna call him out the blue and be like, "Hey man, can you? Hey, what's up? How you been? How's everything going? Oh yeah, by the way, uh, can you get me into this event?" I wasn't gonna do that. Now, if I saw him yeah. at the event, we reconnect. Hey man, good to see you. Something Snoop, you know, said about when he was getting ready for the Super Bowl. People, hey dog, how you doing? I just want to check on you. How's the family? Oh yeah, by the way, you got some extra tickets. Yeah, I got t- I got two tickets to these. <laughs> and you know where he went with that. And I didn't blame Snoop at all. Some people got upset with him. Yeah. I didn't blame Snoop at all. Snoop was right on point. Yeah. Because that's exactly how people act. And think about it. He's a megastar. He's an iconic figure. Mm-hmm. We just, we, we, we on the incline. We ain't nowhere near his status. Right. So I can only imagine the kind of stuff he was getting requests. He would do outrageous requests. He was, he was getting for Super Bowl. It's ridiculous, right? man. Everybody thinks you so, walk around with tickets in your pocket because we work in this business. And I, I get it. Nah, it don't work like that. No, it bro. doesn't. No, it doesn't. And if you and, and from now on, I'm gonna say this now: you keep asking me for stupid stuff, and you keep asking me for idiotic requests. I'm gonna blast you, just like I do videos where people discriminate against us. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing a video and blast your asses. That's what I'm gonna start doing. I, you know, I, I bet you leave me alone then. <laughs> I bet you leave Put me alone. Put him on blast. Then. Put him on blast, Nick. Because you know what? I've, well, I've, I've been doing that lately. Because, you know, we work in this business. People think we do everything and we get all this free stuff. I mean, we do, but we earned it. We ain't trying to like, you know. Oh, you damn right. We, we earned, earned, it. earned it. it and then some. Yeah, we earn our right to get in these places. I'm talking about the homies that work in the office, nine to five, talking about, hey, man, uh, can you get me um, third base? on the field tickets with the Dodgers. I know you used to work for them. Yeah, 18 years ago. You think I'm just, no, no. So I feel you, brother. I, no, I, can, get you, I can get you a complimentary kick in the ass, though. I can get that for you at any point. Plenty of that, plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of put on blast, make sure you all blast this show. I thank you so much for tuning in. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all streaming platforms. That's iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, 
uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all for free 99. And make sure you hit me up on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Make sure you follow my producer extraordinaire, my man, Big Brother Jake, aka Jake Warner, at Big Brother Jake on all social media platforms. Also, if I could thank my special guest, Michael Duarte from NBC LA, talking, breaking down the baseball and what's going on with MLB. Also, make sure you check me out, youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. Subscribe, subscribe. I have some brand new exclusive content you definitely don't want to miss out on because you definitely want to tap in. All right, for everybody at SiriusXM, Slam Radio, and Nightcast Media, for Big Brother Jake, I'm Nick Hamilton. Until next week, y'all take care. Stay sharp. I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.